If you see your content as an asset and that when it's done, it's digital real estate for you, I think your mindset will change. So my speech today for the next 60 minutes is about the evolution turned revolution of your personal brand. 30 years ago, you go down the factory, you're on your conveyor belt, and you turn to your mate and you go, got a personal brand. Fuck's that. Are you leveraging social media? Are you monetizing social media? No, I'm just doing my job. Waiting for 60 years so I can retire at 92. Have you seen they just upped the average retirement age to 166? Fast forward to now. And there's an eight-year-old Russian dancer doing nearly 10 million a year on YouTube. Bitch. My son's 10. He's making me nothing. There is um, a, an influencer called Belle Delphine. She sold her used bath water. It's refreshing. For millions of pounds. Millions of pounds selling used bath water. And then there's this kid called Ryan. I think he's like the granddaddy of YouTube now because he's been on it for like five years. I think he's now nine. And Lil Fucker does 27 million a year off YouTube. Yeah. Sorry for the language, but he's not here. Nine years old, 10 years old, 20, the highest grossing YouTube channel. I think the year before the lockdown was his channel, Ryan, Ryan's Toys Review. What does he do for his 27 million a year? Is he the fucking president? No, he unboxes toys. He unboxes toys. He unboxes toys. He unboxes toys. I'd unbox toys every day for 27 million a year. And he's a kid who's nine years old. So you know you go on social media and you put a post up and everyone seems to be pissed off. Everyone hates everyone. Everyone hates the world. Everyone hates the government. Everyone hates the Tories. And I'm like, but we're in the world where you can have a Facebook account for free, a YouTube account for free, an Instagram account for free. You can be on Clubhouse for free, LinkedIn for free. Like you don't even have to pay for them. And then you can earn 19 different ways I know to monetize social media. Keeping your clothes on. I think it's about 144 if you take your clothes off. Only fans now, they earn millions of pounds of top content. If you're on OnlyFans, what do you do is get content. Millions of pounds on OnlyFans. And yet people still hate the world and hate themselves and they're, they're frustrated. And so what I wanted to do for the next 55 minutes is share with you some strategies and tactics where you can monetize yourself. So people ask me a lot, what are the best asset classes to invest in? I get that all the time. The reason I get that is because I have about 1,200 tenants in my property portfolio. I've been in property for about 15 years. We're just developing a unit, a block with 159 tenants in, 100 apartments, 125,000 square foot. It's probably worth 20, 25 million pounds. I don't say that to brag. That is just, that's just about done now. So people are always asking me about investing. What's the best asset class, Rob? 
I don't think it's property. I think it's your personal brand. Like, has anyone seen what Gary V is currently promoting? NFTs. NFTs. What are NFTs? It's digital real estate. So um, I can see some of you have got your notepads. The first thing I think it would be useful to you write down is digital real estate or digital property. So there's this, again, he was 18 at the time. I don't know what it is about being a teenager. You know, all these um, millionaires, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, all these old school godfathers of business. It takes 10 years to be an overnight success. Well, Ryan's not even 10. He's not even 10 yet. So for those of you that have got kids and those of you that are younger than people like me, you know, you're in your teens or your 20s or your 30s, you haven't learned what people like I have to unlearn. Like I have to unlearn 6% return. Sally's big time into property as well. And anything over 6% return is unrealistic. 7% is market outperforming returns. And then all these people getting into cryptos and NFTs, they don't understand 6 and 7% returns. They understand 600 and 700% returns. So a lot of people who are quite young in business and entrepreneurship, they come to me like it's a problem. They'll be hiring me post-lockdown. So digital real estate, hopefully you wrote that down. So let's have a list of some of these things that are on a digital real estate. So that kid, 18 years old, Alex Chu, T-E-W, go research him, Alex Chu. He set up a website called the Million Dollar Homepage. And on the Million Dollar Homepage, he sold pixels to advertisers. It's one page, not even one scroll, just above the fold, one page, no tabs, no links, one page. The million dollar homepage. And you could pay per pixel to have your company advert or logo on that page. And he sold all those pixels for more than a million dollars. And that page is still up there and Coca-Cola and McDonald's and whoever bought those pixels are still getting ads and that traffic is, that website is still getting traffic today. So that is digital real estate. So let's list all the other things that's digital real estate. One, your content. Okay, so you've probably been told to produce more content. You probably haven't produced more content. You probably come to events like this feeling like you should produce more content. You know that the people who produce the most amount of content, they're usually the people who have the biggest brands. You must have heard Gary Vee shout and scream and F and blind about the entire, about content repurposing and creating content and 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 content. So why aren't you producing more content? It wasn't a rhetorical question. You are allowed to, why aren't you producing more content? Time. Time takes me so long. Mindset, procrastination. Don't know what kind of content to produce. Bullshit. I don't know what that means, but trying to make it perfect. The relevance. Procrastination. Okay. I'll give you a few little tips on this then. The first thing when it comes to content is, if you see your content as an asset, and that when it's done, it's 
digital real estate for you, I think your mindset will change. Imagine having, a sec having sex and then having an orgasm every day for the next three years. You'd probably have that one act of sexual pleasure for the three years of multiple recurring streams of orgasms. Why the fuck wouldn't you? You could probably even convince your husband or wife on your birthday, I just need one love. Then it's three years of orgasms, baby. You'd probably fucking do it. I think the reason you're not producing content is because you think you've got to do it over and over and over and over for a long, long time. And then it's time and perfectionism and procrastination and yada, yada kicks in afterwards. However, when you buy a property and you own it and you put a tenant in it, you're probably going to earn on that every single month for the rest of your life. And you probably know that. And if you saw your content in the same way, I think you'd produce more content. Because I can sit here and say, oh, well, Bill Gates has got the same 24 hours a day as you. And you've heard a thousand people say that. And start now, get perfect later. Don't worry about procrastination. Everyone, I even wrote the fucking book called Start Now, Get Perfect Later. Most people have got the book, haven't fucking read the book. That's you, the procrastinator. I got that book. Starting tomorrow, getting perfect never. That's the second version. However, if you, so someone said mindset. Now, I don't, mindset's, but if you see all your content as an asset, I think you'll do more. If you could earn recurring income on, ass, on content you created five and 10 years ago, I think you'd create more. I think you would. So what you do is where you start with the end in mind with your content and you make sure that that content will last for years. Little bit of planning up front, but not much. So how do you make content last for years? Number one, make sure it's a topical, but ever-present theme in your niche. I'll give you an example in property because that's my background. Flats versus houses. You know, should you do property courses or just go and try pro buy property yourself? Can you do property, no money down? Yada, yada, yada. Eh, since, you know, properties were built, people have been talking about those kind of subjects. So when you do content on the perennial and topical content in your industry, that lasts for years. The next thing is having it in multimedia. And there's four types of media, so write these down. W-A-V-L, written audio video live. W-A-V-L, written audio video live. So we're currently live on Facebook, is that Kieran? So we're live on Facebook there. So I'm simultaneously live at this event. We're live on Facebook. Matt will give me the recording for this event. He just told me, because he said, Rob, I'll give you the recording of the event. But for the sake of the recording, just stay on the stage and don't get off the stage and walk down to the end like you normally fucking do and ruin my recording. So that's for the recording. Um, I, want, I want to give you guys some love. Just because you're tight fuckers, I still want to give you some love. You know, if you work really hard for 20 years, you can be on that empty seat there. <laughs> um, what, what was I talking about? Oh, written audio video live. So right now, we're live on Facebook. When that's finished, Kieran will, you know, stop the live. And then you can download that video in HD onto the device. And then I'll retransfer it to my team. So we have the live on Facebook. And then we have the recording. We have Matt's recording that he'll give to me. And we have the audio, obviously, because we could extract the audio. So we have audio, video, and live simultaneously. 
and then you just send it to a VA or an outsourcer to transcribe it up. Actually, if we had otter.ai up, write that down, otter, O-T-T-E-R, dot A-I, we could actually have it transcribed in real time. It's about 95% accurate. So that's the second way you turn your content into an asset, is by having it on multimedia. The third way you turn your content into an asset is that you make sure you can monetize it. Matt negotiated my keynote fee to get here. And let's say you do a piece of content and you feel that piece of content in and of itself isn't necessarily worth your time. Afternoon. That's all right. <laughs> um, because you've got a job. You're running a business. You've got other things you can be doing with your time. Because this is something else I know you think. You might not have said it, but in your mind, you're like, there's a million other things I'm doing with my life. How can I justify going live on Facebook or Instagram or wherever else? So the way you justify your time by creating content is knowing that it's going to be repurposed into all media forms and then posted across all media channels. So where it says on the um, flip chart, omnipresence, that's the multi-channel effect. If I get time, I'll cover that. I I'm just so surprised people don't push more their, their personal brand. So the reason Matt asked me to talk about building a personal brand is because even though most people who, do, who have heard of me in the last 15 years in business know me from building my property portfolio. However, within six months of launching my podcast, I had more downloads and followers on my podcast than I did for the previous 11 years of running a business. We built up a database of maybe 150, 200,000 customers and followers over 11 hard graft years. And within six months of launching my podcast, A Disruptive Entrepreneur, I, I overtook that number. And so it makes you think, the world has changed. Like for 10 years, I'd get recognized once, maybe twice a year, out and about, for building the UK's largest property training company. And within months of having a personal brand, I'm signing tits all over the place. It's just so much pain. I just can't handle it. Sorry, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, I know, that's disgraceful, isn't it? You can put it on the feedback form. Don't have Rob Moore back at the next event. Um, but, but this is no joke. Like, when I walk down the street, people do that to me. I was walking um, in Peterborough, and someone had a dis disruptive T-shirt on, someone I don't know, in Peterborough. Everywhere I go, I get recognized. It's hard to recognize someone from a podcast because they can't even see you. So my, all right, property's done good for me, don't get me wrong. But my personal brand has given me global exposure that property, and even, there are people who are worth 100 million pounds, 500 million pounds. And uh, they're billionaires, I know, that their social media and their personal brand following is one-tenth of mine. I mean, the top 100 followed people on Clubhouse have more than a million followers. So um, Matt wanted me to come and talk about building a personal brand. And I wasn't a celebrity. I wasn't the old-school influencer way of you know, building my brand. Didn't, didn't get given any money. Started Hustle 15 years ago. 
Um, right, what should we cover next then? We've done content as an asset. Pick one. We've got Influencer 3.0, Information, Omnipresence, Subscription Revenue, and The Power of Pissing People Off. Which one do you want me to cover next? I can't fucking hear you! If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. Omnipresence, that's why they're at the front. Right. Omnipresence. Omnipresence. Let me, I'd, I'd write this with me. I'd write this down. I'll say it nice and slow. Omnipresence is the illusion that you're everywhere. Omnipresence, as the way I def define it for building a personal brand anyway, omnipresence is the illusion that you're everywhere. So many of you get pixeled or you follow influencers and you see their content all the time on all social channels. And sometimes you think, how do they have that many hours in a day? Well, actually, here's what the big influencers do. It's, it's actually not very difficult. And when I say it to you, it will make sense. Back in the day, you'd have been given the advice, and this might have been good, master one channel. Build a big following on one channel first. Go viral on that channel. And then focus on the next channel. It's actually not good advice anymore. Why? Because in a year or 18 months, that channel could be gone. Or Clubhouse could come along and everyone could move from that channel onto Clubhouse. I was just doing a live Clubhouse room for the, the Breakfast with Winners guys up in the gallery. And I was asked the question, Rob, tell us what's changed in the last 18 months of personal brand. The answer is everything. 18 months in the personal brand it's like 10 billion years in the life cycle of the sun. The sun lasts about 10 billion years and then it implodes into a black hole. 18 months in the personal brand space. 18 months ago, there was no such thing as Clubhouse. Now they're, uh, they're over there, aren't they? No, they're over there. They're up over there doing live Clubhouse rooms up in the gallery sponsoring EMC 2021. When I came and did EMC 2020, Clubhouse didn't even exist. So this is why one channel is not going to work anymore. It's too risky. What if you get cancelled? What if you get slapped? What if the algorithm changes and your reach just 
you know, halves and halves and halves. And it happens all the time. But your problem lies in dividing your time up between all media. So omnipresence, this is what you do. You create content on your favorite channel and media and simultaneously repurpose it as we are doing live. I mean, they're not going to be able to see me on the, the Facebook live down there, but they'll be able to hear me. But we are in real time live content repurposing. So I don't know if you prefer podcasts. I don't know if you prefer lives. I don't know if you prefer written content. I don't know if you prefer pre-recorded content. I don't know if you prefer short, medium, or long-form content. It doesn't matter. What matters is you know what content you prefer to create, and you create it with repurposing in mind. And this is one of the reasons why I take a whole day out of my diary to come here, because this content, it could be seven or eight TikToks, it could be seven or eight stories times LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. That's 24 stories. I've got the full uh, length content for maybe YouTube or depending, obviously, on um, getting the quality of the recording because you want it to be quite good on YouTube. It can go on my private membership site, rob.team. So I have full content repurposing from this talk. That is not hard to do. That is not hard to do at all. You could get a Zoom H1, write it down, Zoom H1. It's a little recording device. You put it in your pocket, you clip it on. Any talks you do, any Facebook Lives you do, any Instagram Lives you do, you just record the audio. And you're creating a podcast while you're live on Instagram or Facebook. If you prefer longer form content, create longer form content and then take all the best bits for short form, like TikTok and Instagram Reels and Stories. Okay, that's omnipresence done. Okay, so the good thing about content repurposing is if you do it on a channel and you don't get that much engagement on the original channel, like you're all looking at me now, fuck all engagement, for example. <laughs> Let's say you're not getting the engagement that you want on your channel. So for example, YouTube didn't fly but the TikToks or the Reels or the Stories or the blogs or po posts on your Facebook page or posts on your um, Facebook groups or your LinkedIn articles or your LinkedIn profile. So I regularly get content that doesn't do that well. But I don't think I've ever had content that, that hasn't done that well across all channels. Because, uh, Steve, every, every um, basically on Twitter for you to get engagement, you need to have an argument with someone. So, mate, just get your fucking wife on Twitter. Ding dong, job done. <laughs> Next thing, Steve, sort of, add your, sort of answer your question and layer this up. In addition to you focusing on the channels that you enjoy and that you're good at, because honestly, some of us are better at audio, some of us are better live, some of us are better pre-record, some of us are better long form, some of us are better short form. We're all better at certain media. Some people in this room would never go live. Other people don't like to be prepared or planned. They're just good at interaction and engagement with their audience. So the great news now is you choose your channel that worked. Was it that shit? Anyway, um, yeah, so you, you go live on the channel you like where you get your engagement, you repurpose across all channels, 
And then you have a, a, a VA or someone who helps you on your social media and they post on the channels that you just don't really like. I'm not going to tell you which ones because it would ruin the fun. But at least a third of all my social media channels, the content is created and curated by my VA who I've had for 15 years. He's also my speaker agent, yada, yada, yada. Um, and I don't tell anyone which one it is because no one can guess because I've been teaching him for 15 years to be as rude as me. Perfect. So I've, 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 I personally haven't posted on Twitter personally with these young, beautiful hands that have never done a refurb in their life. I haven't for a long time. Same with LinkedIn. In fact, me and my VA have a little bit of fun. Who can go more viral and who's better at social media content? Me or the imitation of me? that I have trained over 15 years. <laughs> it's a weird matrix we're living in. All right, that's omnipresence covered. Right, we've got left. Influencer 3.0, information, subscription revenue, and the power of pissing people off. Hit me, which one are we doing next? The power of pissing people off. This is my favorite subject. Oh, man. The only person you don't want to piss off is the event host. It's the only person you don't want to piss off. Yeah, I just have. Yes, you're right, I have. Okay. So, I've been building a personal brand properly for maybe seven years. And I've been fighting who I am to build this personal brand. So, who I am is an 11-year-old kid who is the fattest kid in his year at school. And when you're the second fattest kid, this is a true story, when you're the second fattest kid, don't fucking live this one, mate. <laughs> Jesus, I'm, this is my trauma. I'm doing the trauma bit of the talk. <laughs> Trying to get some fucking sympathy. <laughs> no, no. All right. So I know, Gary. Yeah, start again. Right, ready? Yeah. No, I'm, Gary, I'm just, just playing. You know I am. So this is a true story, though. When I was 11, I was the fattest kid in my school. Um, and when you're the second fattest kid, you can literally and metaphorically hide behind the fattest kid because the fattest kid is the one that they all teach, tease. It's the one they all tease. They don't tease the, fat, the second fattest kid. So I spent three years at boarding school, but of everybody's jokes, and I fucking hated it. I hated it. I also wet the bed till I was like 32. All right, not 32. But while I was the fattest kid at boarding school, I also wet the bed. So that, you, that just explains everything about me that you might not like. And so I begged my mum and dad, begged them to let me leave this school because I hated it. And finally, they let me leave the school and sent me to another school. And, you know, private schools, you get seven, eight, nine weeks holiday. You get a long holiday. And I was in so much pain from this that I went on this crash diet. Now, back then, this, I'm talking, this is 25 years ago. And back then, Diet Coke had just come out. And, you know, from the adverts, I thought, well, you just drink Diet Coke and you lose weight. That's how it works. That's how you were led to believe well, when you don't eat and you drink nine cans of Diet Coke a day, it actually works. That, that could be another fad diet. So I lost three stone in nine weeks and went to this new school. 
And all of a sudden, people aren't taking the piss out of me. People like me. I'm not ostracized from the group. I'm not picked to last for the sport. And girls are interested in me. And all of a sudden, this was like a, a whole new experience for me that was very overwhelming. But the shame, the fear of being ostracized, and the coping mechanisms of needing to please and not at all wanting any conflict, because conflict equals ostracization. If that is, is ostracization a word? It is now, yeah. I, I made up a word called dramatically, which is dramatically, drastically. So I've just made up another one. Um, so the weight went, but all the fear and the shame and the, you know, I don't want to upset you, so I would never have any conflict. I would never argue with anyone. Because I, I built coping me mechanisms for people to like me, so I wasn't, pushed away. The problem with that is that's really bad to build a personal brand because you're scared to do lives. You're scared to put your content out there. You're scared of upsetting someone. You're scared about a critic. You're scared of having a troll. You're scared about some negative reviews. You're scared about being one starred. You're scared about everything. And I've done courses that have cost me tens of thousands of pounds, NLP and being hypnotized and all these personal development courses and had the therapy and everything else. And, you know, I'm doing all right. And the single biggest gift I gave to myself and my personal brand was A, and you should write this down, you should write this down, A, having the courage to be disliked, and B, accepting that being you pisses people off. A, having the courage to be disliked, and B, accepting that being you pisses people off. Now, if I said, Matt, it's been a pleasure, I'm done, and my driver took me to Peterborough right now, and that's what you were left with, that would probably be one of the greatest gifts to your life that you'd ever receive, I believe. And even people who didn't have the upbringing that I did and aren't as concerned about me as people-pleasing and avoiding conflict, unless you're going viral every week, unless you're putting out three pieces of content per day, per channel... You are not out there enough, and you could be out there more. And I know, because I've done thousands of talks, and I have more than a million people follow me, I know that this thing right here, for 70, 80% of people in this room, is the biggest thing. So let's just spend a couple of minutes on this, if you don't mind. So having the courage to be disliked is the ultimate form of freedom. According to Adlerian psychology. So one of the backbone fundamentals of Adlerian psychology is that freedom, the definition of freedom, is having the courage to be disliked. I would add, in being yourself. Here's the irony. How many people have you ever heard say, I just want to be loved for who I am? That would be one. Whether it's in business, you know, I just want to attract my ideal client. Or in a relationship, I just want to be loved or appreciated for who I am. Everybody, I believe, wants that. Here's the problem. You are not showing the world who you really are. Because you're scared to be rejected and ridiculed and critiqued and trolled and hated on. So until you remove that, you will show the world a false version of you or your brand or your business. And then you will attract a false version 
of your ideal client or whoever it is that you want to attract. So only when you have the courage to be yourself and be disliked and disowned and rejected and ridiculed and hated and trolled for it, only then are you free and do you attract the things and the people you want in your life. Only then. And to me, this was, it was like an exorcism of all the demons in me. So if you want a bit of a laugh, follow me on Facebook. Because anytime I go, I go live on there, I have hundreds of people criticizing, trolling, hating on me. Can someone tell me what this is, please? I quote, Rob Moore is what is known as a dick rider. Dick riding isn't yet an official sport, but were it an official sport, Rob, Rob Moore would certainly hop on for a ride. That's one of the comments I've had. What's one of these? What's a fuck with? So these are just some of my fans. If you want to laugh and if you're feeling not very positive about your personal brand and having a one-star review or a critic or a troll or a hater, just come and watch a couple of my videos and see them all pouring in. So, the reason I've been able to transcend giving a fuck about that, because look, I could have been here seven years ago saying I don't care what they say about me, and then I'd go and cry in the toilets because I really do care. But I can honestly say now, I don't give a fuck. Here's why. Number one, I'm rich. I'm rich as fuck. I am fucking rich, and none of those are rich. Sorry, I know it sounds like cocky. I worked 15 years fucking hard to make my millions. And by the way, you don't get rich trolling people. So that's number one reason. Number two is, most of them don't know who I am. And number three is, I know who I am. So if I'm not one of those, whatever. And if I am one of those, you are correct, sir. Thank you for the feedback. So it really doesn't matter. So when you know who you are, it doesn't matter what they say. Reason number four. My critics, trolls, punks, haters, and wankers, because there's different degrees, and I've worked out this five levels. One of them called me a K-U-N-T. I'm not just a C-U-N-T. I'm next level. I'm way beyond C-U-N-T. I'm K-U-N-T, motherfucker. That's how I roll. <laughs> so, where were we? Sorry, Matt. Yeah, number four. Your critics, trolls, haters, punks, and wankers are so good for your virality. They are ten times as good as your followers. Your followers and your fans, they might click the like. They might say thank you or nice one, Rob. But your critics, trolls, punks, haters, and wankers, they'll give you some feedback. And then you can ask them for clarification on the definition of fuck with. And then you have a 25 strong sub thread. Do you know algorithms love sub threads? Not just threads, they love an argument on a sub thread. So I want a critic and a wanker to go at each other. That's what I want. And then I just started the fire and off I go. Into the sunset, motherfucker. So actually, my critics, my trolls, my punks, my haters, and my wankers, they make me 10 times more viral than my followers and my fans do. The next thing is, they're just freaking pissed off. They're pissed off because you interrupted their feed. They're pissed off because, you know, they voted Tories and we're all fucked. 
They're pissed off because since 1985, they haven't had sex. And they're taking their frustration out on you. And they don't know who you are, and then they scroll on, and then they keyboard warrior someone else. And 10 minutes later, they've forgotten about you. But if you can't handle this two or three days later, you're still thinking about it. So if you want to unleash your personal brand and unleash the gifts and talents you have in you out to as many people as possible and create multiple streams of recurring income from it, you have to have the courage to be disliked for who you are. And here's the final thing I'll finish this section on. Hopefully you found it useful. People always ask me, what's a brand? Oh, well, it's not a logo or a business card. It's what they say about you when you're not there. It's being clear who your ideal client is. And you hear all that stuff. I actually think a really powerful personal brand is this. I would write this down because people don't tell you this. Being clear who you want to piss off. Being super clear who you want to piss off. Like, I was super clear when I got here that I wanted to piss off 20% of you. If I didn't piss off 20% of you, I haven't done my job. So I was really clear about that. Because then it gives me the freedom to be more who I am. Because if not, oh, I better not swear. Oh, Matt said stay on the stage. I better stay on the stage. Oh, you know, first joke didn't land. Oh, it's a bit dark. You know. And all you do is you just think about playing yourself down. No, because then people don't really understand who you are. So I was clear about that. Um, right, so I'm very clear that if you are pro-socialism or communism, I'm coming for you, bitch. For the next 55 years, I'm coming for you. I don't think communism works as an economic system. I'm pro-capitalist. Now, of course, there's some unrefined edges to refine. But I believe in capitalism. I don't believe in communism. So, and by the way, I'm interviewing a Russian billionaire in two weeks. So if you find me cut up in a kit bag, it's been nice knowing you. <laughs> so I'm clear, if you're really socialist and communist, I'm pissing you off. Yeah? You want it? Because I'm bringing it. If you're a bitcher, a moaner, a whiner, a complainer, a hater, I'm coming for you. For the next 50 years. Because then when I know that, it drives the boldness and the bravery and the clarity of my content. So I did a piece of content on 11 reasons why it's selfish to be broke. You know who I'm clear on who I want to piss off if I write a piece of content like that. So you can imagine all the people who come out of the woodwork being pissed off by that comment even though I gave them 11 viable strategies. Oh, the irony. Uh, do you know what I love about social media irony? When you post and people go on it, I fucking hate posts like this, not knowing that the posts they comment on, they get shown more of those. So you post, they get pissed off, they say it on the post, they see more of the posts, they get pissed off, they say it on the post and they get more of the posts. And I get fucking rich. Oh, right. How long have I got left? 10 minutes. 20. All right. Uh, show me a hand if you're finding this useful, by the way, just as a, as a show of hands. Thank you very much. Um, what should we do next? Let's do subscription. Subscription. So do you know now 
you can get a Volvo without buying it, subscribing to them. Don't have to buy the car, you just have their subscription plan. Flicks, everyone's on Netflix. You can subscribe to food that gets delivered to your door. Hello, fresh. So the world is moving more towards subscription model. Why? Because we're kind of like in a decentralized economy. Inflation, quantitative easing, people not really wanting to stay and live in the same place or buy a house and live it forever. We're in this kind of vagabonding economy. So the great thing about having a subscription model is you reduce the barrier to entry to your clients because they don't have to find the upfront capital. You don't have to spend 40 grand on a Volvo. I don't know what the subscription model is for the Volvo. I just know they have one. So when you have a subscription model, here are the benefits to you. Number one, reduce barrier to entry to get a client. You should be writing this down, by the way. If um, Belle Delphine can make millions and people on OnlyFans can make millions and Jordan Peterson can make millions on Patreon and YouTubers who are eight, nine and ten years old can make millions, you need to be writing this stuff down. So you reduce the barrier to entry to gain a client on a su subscription. Number two, it's way more scalable. Like, if you do a subscription to a local restaurant, that is not as scalable as if you were uh, having a model online that was global. So locally, only people locally can purchase. Globally, which is any online subscription model, people can purchase globally. So that's reason number two. Reason number three, when people subscribe to one of your products or services, they buy more. They buy a lot more. I'm going to give you an example in a minute. Number four, your exit multiplier on your business goes up significantly. So what do I mean by this? If you tried to sell your business and it was a business that required more sales to keep generating revenue, the potential purchaser of that business would see that as a risk because they could buy the business on a theoretical valuation and then the revenue projections could be half or a third. There's no future guaranteed revenue. If you have a 1,000 people paying £30 a month on a one-year contract, that is pretty much guaranteed. So when you have subscription contracts, which can be anywhere from $5 a month up to whatever you want to charge, depending on the model, the multiplier that you could sell the capital asset for goes up significantly. Some businesses get 20 or 25 times multipliers sometimes on subscription-based business models. Next benefit, I hope you're writing all these down, is that most social media channels now are giving you subscription tools. So I'm going to list a few. You can either write them down or just chill for a minute. So we have Patreon. We have Kajabi. We have Facebook supporters. We have YouTube Premium, Luminary. We have your own, I'm, I'm just going to just write rob.team. Um, I know there's more. Oh, we have paid subscriptions on Apple and Spotify podcasts. We have Membi or 
sites like it, sites like Kajabi. All of these platforms I've just mentioned are open and virtually free for you to set up an account on and generate subscription revenue from your personal brand. OnlyFans, that's another one. I know it's famous for what it's famous for, but it's not just that. But if everything's fucked, at least you've got a fallback position. <laughs> that is the sound of serious consideration. <laughs> All right. So I don't know how many I mentioned. Six, seven, eight there. I'm, I, I monetize four of those. And the only reason I don't monetize them all is I just don't want to confuse my market. It's too many. So, for example, if you will get your phone out, I know most of you are on it anyway. So if you get your phone out and just get on a browser, do it now. Do it with me. Get your phone out and go on a browser and go to rob.team. Rob.team. R-O-B.T-E-A-M. Rob.team. So on that page that you can see, Rob.team, um, I have two versions of my subscription programs. And I'm going to tell you this for two reasons. One, I'm going to invite you to subscribe. In fact, before I finish, um, Matt's given me permission to uh, let you do that and give you a gift for doing that. Um, but also, I'm going to show you how easy it is to create a premium channel. So keep your phone and keep it on rob.team. So what rob.team is, is premium content. Premium content. Every single one of you in this room could have premium content. H-T-T-P-S colon forward slash, forward slash, is it robmore.com forward slash team? Yeah, robmore.com. You need to have a look at this, even if you're too tight to subscribe for a few pounds a month. That's not just the purpose of me showing you this. So that's the full URL if you can't get on rob.team. Will you bring me solutions, not problems? So premium content is where you offer another level of information or access. So the maximum ticket fee here, what is it, about a grand? What, what do these seats cost? You rich bastards. What do these seats cost? Thousand. So this is premium and your free view right at the back. 12 midnight to 12.15 on those channels when you're a teenager at the back. So there's free content and there's premium. Yeah, of course, Rob. I get all that. Get the fuck on with it. All right, then. So here's what you can add on your premium level for anywhere between $5 a month and $5,000 a month. Number one, you can offer extra content. Number two, Q&A. Stroke, ask me anything. Number three, more access to you. So, for example, in my Rob.team membership, on the page you can't go to, um, you can either join on my platform or Facebook, depending on whether you use Facebook or not. And then you get access to join a WhatsApp group where I answer questions in the WhatsApp group. So that's more access to me than you'd normally get. Number four, you could do a live element. So you could do, um, for example, Matt could have a, um, a £50 a month premium level. And anyone who subscribes for that for a year could get a free ticket to EMC Live. 
for example. That's what he could do if he wanted to. Because if he had 1,000 or 2,000 or 5,000 members on that, he could fill these events without having to do three to four months of promotion. So you can have a live event element. You can have a mastermind element, i.e., the first 50 of you have a monthly Zoom mastermind on your subject or niche. Next, you can do VIP access. Next, on your big levels, you can do one-to-one. One-to-one calls, one-to-one meetups, one-to-one mentoring, you know, on your five grand a month level. Um, what else can you do on premium? I think I've given you about nine things. Uh, ah, you can do, um, if you launch anything, you can give them advanced notice. So if you bought EMC already, like you're all in here, Matt could say he'll let you know a week before he goes to the masses and he'll give you an extra 20% off. And that would obviously, you know, a 1,000 quid or 200 quid a ticket, that would be worth subscribing for 5 or $10 a month on. Uh, and then the, the final thing, I think we're on number 10, is discounts. So for my supporters and Rob.team members, even on discounted offers, people get another 10% off. They get 10% off the very best prices that we ever do. So there are 10 things you can do right now in your niche, any niche. I don't know any niches that you couldn't do this on, any niches at all. Oh, what about colonic irrigations? Sure, you could be creative. But I honestly don't know any niche that you couldn't do this model on. I just want to say one more thing before I finish, that I believe every single one of you in this room has a message that the world needs. And I believe every single one of you in this room have the skills and the obligation to get that message out to as many people as possible. And the main ways you'll do that in this new social media world is one, through omnipresence, like I told you. Two, through content repurposing, like I told you. Three, through leveraging all the social media channels and using the monetization features. And I've just taught you the main ones, subscriptions. And four, pissing more people off. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. And I'll catch you yes. later. Yes. Give it up. Give it up for Rob Moore.